There is no better time than now to trade your car. That trading is good for amazing new vehicles as well as certified and used cars. And no matter the car deal, expect the Rorick Advantage. The other advantage at Rorick is the parking lot of fun shows that showcases comedians and entertainers at Ginchy Stuff and Bicycle Heaven in the parking lot. Check yourjagoff.com for details. And as always, visit Rorick.com for all of your vehicle needs. And, and now, now we start, we start the Yajaga podcast. Where, John? Mike's Beer Bar. It, that's Look, a meme, dude, right? We it's both Mike's went. Beer Bar. <laughs> it's that easy. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word Jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the... Out of you. Yeah, jag off. Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richards. Hi, this is Rocky Blair. Hey, it's Rick Sevak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jag Off Podcast. We both did the same thing, though, twice. Like, we know where we are, and it's so easy. Mike's Beer Bar, and we both went right. like this. <laughs> right. So we are. This is the Jag Off Podcast. We are at Mike's Beer Bar this week down on the North Shore formerly known as the north side to people who grew up around Well, it's here. an extent, yeah, and I am from the north side. It's an extension of the north side. So we're okay with that now. In the beginning, we didn't like it. North siders <laughs> were like, what's this new place? Right, you know, it's but like now... Dorset and Dorset. Yeah, right, right, really. right. right. We're so, good uh, but uh, we are here, and we're going to have a great show coming up here. We'll tell you a little bit about that, but this is where we ask you, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, stumbled upon us, or somehow you said Jagoff and your Alexa dialed up our podcast, you know, this is where we ask you to subscribe and go to iTunes and leave a comment. We'd appreciate you doing that because we do. Or we're here every week, and uh, our parents aren't quite proud yet because they don't know how to read the Apple comments. But, but, but we, we're going to cut them out and put them on the refrigerator so there even our go. kids can see them. There you go. Yeah. All right, this is where we talk about what was on the blog. And, you know, in case you don't know, so the podcast is all things Pittsburgh people, but the blog... That's the fun part. That's where John gets to have road rage in Pittsburgh. Basically, we point out who's being a Jagoff. It might be a headline. It might be we were driving. So, you know, the Jagoff of the week on Star 100.7 with Alista was the McDonald's Jagoff. And basically, that's because we debate often what is worse, Route 51 or McKnight Road. This time we were saying McKnight Road. However, both of them have McDonald's on them, a couple of them, mm-hmm. in fact. But we were on McKnight Road. And this person went from the middle lane. Was it the middle lane or the far it left lane? It was the lane? middle lane. All right, middle lane. Sharp right so that they could get into Stop McEvee's. Them. Stop Literally traffic stop. John goes, Rachel, get your phone. Like, so I did. Listen, you know, this is probably swear words to our guest, Leslie, yeah. uh, come up here. But <laughs> I love McDonald's. Like, I cannot pass one. I, <laughs> I'm does. like Pavlov's dog <laughs> drive by there. And, and I know the passion for McDonald's. I can yeah. get it, but don't be a jagoff and do you, the picture you took oh, was excellent. It, and usually I'm not the picture taker, but yeah. funnier yet, our friend Carrie Ford, you know, who actually represents McDonald's, she wrote on our Instagram, everybody needs their Mickey D's fix, you know, <laughs> and it was true because John literally, he's that guy. So that was the jagoff of the week. We also talked about Earth Day in Pittsburgh yeah. and how cool that. Right. Because, you know, Earth Day's a little different in Pittsburgh because, you know, we know that Earth Day is turn off your lights, right? Yep. Save some energy. But in Pittsburgh, you would turn off all the lights in your house except for the one that shines on your Jack Lambert jersey. <laughs> That's like a sin. You would not do that. Right. Right. So right. don't be a jagoff. You know, those are the kind yeah. of things. And then we did find a headline, a story headline, thanks to Trib Live. Um, <laughs> somebody was stealing $38,000 worth of lottery tickets. I, I just, you know, 
from a, a good Catholic girl, I cannot understand the process. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it conscience-wise, but I also don't get the process in which the camera caught one time <laughs> with 30. I mean, so was it all at once? Were these multiple trips? I don't know. Did she win? No, that was why she was jag off. Yeah. That should be the lesson to all the people that play the lottery. I realize it oh. goes to good good causes like the senior oh, citizens, for sure. but you for give sure. somebody, you know, you give your mail person 100 lottery tickets, more than likely they're getting 50 cents for a Christmas gift. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, Correct. Right. So that right. was that. We just had to recap that. Also, make sure you're, che- you're checking out yourjagoff.com because we have a new website. And if you are a subscriber, you're actually getting a couple of stories through us through email. And we, we spotlighted where you're at, your Jagoff this week, Wampum, PA, thanks to our friend Mary Mac. And then, food-wise, G-Jet. Uh... Sprezzatura, Jen Saffron. <laughs> right. We talked about this prior, guys. Facebook Live. I think you heard us talking about what was on, but John forgets. Short term memory loss. It's all good. Yeah, Sprezzatura over in Millville. In you know total Pittsburgh uh, directions. It used to be the Elks Club in Millville. Yeah. That Elks? that's how you find. Okay. Yeah, it used to be the Elks Club. Okay. And so right there, excellent food, excellent traditional food, excellent kind of even some avant garde. Uh, yes. things, but anyway, she's Good on the vegetarian G-chat. selection as well yeah. for people who yeah. t- cool. took All right, so let's ask. start this week's podcast, right? Bring on the guests. You're yeah, super right. stoked. <laughs> not that I'm not, but John has been like saying to Tracy, is Leslie in the bullpen? Is Leslie in the bullpen? For right. quite some time. And, so. and you know, like Rick Seaback is a personality everybody knows, but yeah. nobody knows, right? They just know what they see. And Leslie is one of those people, but also we have, we have our, listen, we, we turned in to find a favorite Post-Gazette reporter because Josh actually Axelrod, he wrote a really cool article about your dad's place, our Saint, our fake St. Patrick's Day parade, which, by the way, had over 13,000 views on Facebook, probably thanks to Josh's uh, certainly contribution to it. John, don't so blow he, his head up too much. I mean, we, <laughs> right, right. we don't have the payroll for the PG. That's why we're outside, Rach. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, then, and then we have uh, uh, Kim Chesney. So Kim Chesney I found on the Bill Flanagan show on Sunday morning. You know, I'm yep. sitting there eating eight pounds of bacon once again, offending Leslie. And, Leslie can't uh, even come on at this point. <laughs> after playing hockey. And anyways, Kim was on there, and I was so intrigued by her story about intuition and, yeah. a, and understanding your intuition because you and I are both very gut people. Like, we get a good gut for somebody like, oh, and, you know, and, and I love the way she's, she's telling you to track this stuff. Yeah, right. Anyway, so she's yeah. on. And our musician. Our musician, thanks to you, and brought to you by Fusion Entertainment, is Steel Mill Rising. So we're excited about that. All, All right. right, bring on Leslie. Bring we have on lots Leslie. Of All right, Leslie. Both Leslie, come on over. Have been wiped You've out. been wiped. Yeah. We have celebrity water you here, sl- as you saw. And look at her mask. Okay, can we just draw attention? Only if you're listening to the podcast, explain it. It says six feet. You jag off. And listen, I love that <laughs> she arrives and John says, Leslie, we know you. You probably don't know us. Oh, she did a little bit of homework. <laughs> so she has her jag off, uh, her jag off mask on, and we couldn't be more proud. Yeah. Leslie, we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming. So in all seriousness, you know, we, we've been asked on any interview that we've had, how do you select your guests? And honestly, we just want Pittsburgh people, people who are identifying with our ever-evolving city. So we know you from Pittsburgh Today Live. We've read different things about you. I did a little bit of journalistic looking. I had no idea. I mean, U.S. News and World Report. I was like, what? This is right here in our city. This is amazing. 
you know, I'm a legend in my own mind. You but are. I've been around forever. And yeah. so, you know, you, you kind of cast a broad net, and I love it. It's all about communication. Yes. It's all about taking the nonsense out of nutrition because I'm over it. Yeah. I can't. I don't like TikTok because it ticks me off. That's what happens. <laughs> That's a good start. That's yeah. so funny. Well, start there. I mean, give us a little bit of background for someone who wouldn't know who you are. How did you start here in Pittsburgh, and where are you now? All right, so I am from Pittsburgh, born and bred in the East End part of the city. Mm-hmm. We've lived here most of our life, raised our kids here. Okay. They don't live here anymore, but oh well, we go yeah, and visit and okay. they come back. So uh, when I went to school, I went to school in biopsychology. It's like, what a useless degree. It's like, what could you do with that? You could do <laughs> investigational work with rats in a lab. It's like, I don't think so. So I you know, went to graduate school in public health at Pitt and Ooh, took a same. nutrition class. And that was it. And then kind of evolved into this working with athletes, which interestingly, you know, my first job, I worked in Wheeling. It was okay. Came back to Pittsburgh. All the Department of Athletics, this was long before email, and said, you need somebody to work with your athletes. And they said, okay. And I said, oh, crap. Now we have to figure it out. <laughs> so I worked with Pitt for like a million years. Okay. Then had the opportunity to start with our Steelers. And then the Pirates and the Pens and the Pittsburgh Ballet and all of that. And then it just kind of took off from there. So That's amazing. There you go. There you go. I mean, go. if that doesn't teach you a lesson, seriously, in being resourceful. So I love the fact that you had enough guts, essentially, to pitch it and then said, oh, boy, it's here. Careful what you wish for, right? Yeah, but you know what? And then there's the challenge. It's, all right, absolutely. meet the challenge or walk away. Right. And you know, one of the things about working with professional athletes, and you know, these guys, they outweigh me. They, they outhype me by a lot. <laughs> but I am assertive. I am aggressive. I am persistent like a gnat. I can take you down. Girl, I, I can, can tell. Take you down. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> Uh, I love, and and so now that that's interesting in that you know that's your experience working with all these high end athletes who are motivated in general. I mean, the money they make or just they're 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 used to being the best and the tops. Then you have to go around to some casual person like me who wants to work out or wants to lose their belly or whatever and stop eating McDonald's. And uh, but I can't. You said uh, it, not me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you, you know, those people are motivated. Yeah. How do you motivate someone, you know, on a, an average person through the books that you've written and things like that? But you also, and I don't mean, but to dovetail on that, you also offer that service, okay. right? So even yes. though you're known for what you've done in the athlete world, yeah. you do work one-on-one with people. Well, you know, I would say my work with athletes, that's the surreal. Sure. And my work with other people is the real. And that's yeah. my bread and butter. What I do every day is working with people who are interested in optimizing their health or maybe they have some underlying concern that they're worried about and and their performance as well. I mean, we're not all going to be paid a million bucks to be physically active, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be our best. And again, all the nonsense that is out there right now just proliferating about what you shouldn't eat and this is bad and you've got to be gluten-free and dairy-free and basically food-free and then you're eating air, so what is the point? (laughs) But motivation, that motivation is positivity. So nutrition should nurture and not torture the body. And actually, there's a lot of stuff out there that would say otherwise. Don't, don't, don't. Who's motivated by that? 
that would be no one. Yeah. No that's, one. Wow, yeah. that's such it's a good point. So, like, I try to say, well, I'm going to have two beers, but I'm going to go run tomorrow or walk tomorrow or whatever. Is that? But isn't that realistic? Is that realistic or is that still not realistic enough? But, you know, but then you're, you're kind of setting these categories of, like, I'm being really good or I'm not being really good. Okay. Or on a day I have beer, then I'm not going to exercise. But I won't do anything the next day, and I'll exercise it. Well, shouldn't we move our body every day? Yes, that's why yes. we have legs, so that we can do that, right? <laughs> and when we think about what we eat, I'm really a very big believer of swap for on the plate. So, you know, the thing, and that doesn't mean don't eat vegetables. We never want to swap for that. But right. the other stuff, right? So if it's pasta or potato or rice or cereal or bread or beer or wine for me okay. or, you know, some kind of a dessert, it's like, which one of those things do I want? Maybe not all of them, but is there room on my plate? So then you're not doing I'm really, really good or I'm really, really naughty because uh. that's exactly what people do. And then they get bumped out. It's like, oh, well, man, I can only do this so many times a week, so forget it. I'm just not going to bother, right? Yeah. Then you're a foodie, not a foodie, and we don't want that. Oh, look at that. I could keep her on for You know I'm going to say, John, maybe as a company we should just hire her to be with us <laughs> right. because just, we need this. Yeah. No, because, listen, as you know, everybody, is, women especially, you know, we our metabolisms are different. We go through a di- – I'm not poo-pooing the guy – but let's face it, if we go on something together where we say we're going to walk, you know, it, it always ends up he's down 10 pounds and I'm like, oh, here's me at my 4.2. Yeah, this is the, this is why people divorce. Yeah. Right? Because and we're not no even married. It's just, it just is that way. You're like, what the hell is wrong with you? So, yes. You know, and then you're secretly infusing lard into somebody's yes. beer at night so that they don't do this. It's exactly oh the way that it yeah. is. No, we all, I mean, that, that's the wonderful thing about human beings is we're all on our own path. We all at our own rate. And we don't want to incur additional baggage, right? That's the problem with all so this true. stuff. If people restrict too much, oh, I'm too tired to move. Oh, now I have an injury. Oh, now I have this. Or yes. why? That, that yeah. takes the joy out of life. Yeah. Oh. It's so well, true. It, so. so do you have to figure out what works? I mean, I you know, I've battled. I, you know, my I say to my family, there was a time I was, for real, it, 200 and some pounds, right? And so I looked at that time in my life, and I say, I will never go back to that. But I still struggle. I'm certainly no thin men, whatever. But isn't everybody different on what works for me? So it, it really is a tailored craft, right? Well, and that, I mean, as a registered dietitian and in my, my own business, so active eating advice, so that's my consulting yes. business, is what I do. I see people one-on-one. Never, ever would I give somebody a sheet of choose and avoid because oh. we all know what happens. You look at the avoid list, yeah. ah, everything on there, I love. It's like, forget it, I'm yeah. already. It's like, I don't like you, goodbye, right? Okay. But you know, it also, it's personalized, and that is the theme of National Nutrition Month this year is personalize your plate because we all have different things that, we like. Yeah. We all need different amounts of food. We all have a different price point. Some of us are culinary challenged, so even opening a can is like kind of that's the <laughs> limit of what we're going to do, right? And then what if you have underlying health issues or food allergies or intolerances? So it can't be one size fits all. No way. So, that's such a good point. And, and so then I'm thinking lifestyle because what we end up doing is we work out of Rachel's house. Might show up and have a banana and maybe some oatmeal. So it starts off the real good. The day starts out great. It yeah, starts yeah. off yeah. really yeah. good. That's it. And then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're like, holy crap, we have John not eaten sings yet. this song, and it we, goes like this. Hmm, I'm so mother effing hungry, mother effing hungry. <laughs> For real. We do that. Leslie, I'm not Listen, kidding. there's copyrights uh, on that. 
kidding. But, but it's so at two or two thirty, we're famished, <laughs> right? And now we're sitting there eating cheese popcorn because it's a hundred calories a bag, and then and, and then, then, the and then you're eating your arm because yes. that yes. still isn't satisfying, right? And, right? It doesn't right. work to and do that. And then the dog barks, and we want to cook him because he's in the way because he's barking. <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's cook him. No, but either way, now we're binge eating at two thirty in the afternoon. And so, correction number one is that because you start out the morning with banana, fine. Oatmeal, fine. Both of those are carbohydrates. Where is the protein? I'm not hearing it. Uh, Where is the fat? I'm not hearing it. Yeah. So taking that, maybe like an overnight oatmeal. Okay, I put yogurt and milk in there. That adds the protein. And maybe, you know, I've added a little bit of nuts on there. And all of a sudden, instead of being hungry in a half an hour, it's, oh, Is I it because, good. so tell me, the, the protein and the fat deter the hunger. So if we get our spoons uh, and our jiffy... Okay. We're good. Well, okay, so maybe not exactly that, but taking some of that jiffy and putting it into the oatmeal. Yes. Let's not get too carried away. Yes. So like, there yes. we go. But and, and enough fluid too, because that's part of it. Is you know, we got to have real estate in there because when we're mm. feeling hungry, we're useless. By the time that's happening, forget it. People are foraging, right? It's yeah. like the octopus effect. Every arm is reaching into everything. Right. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you sit there and think, well, I'm gonna, I've done this before too. Where you go buy the uh, the rice cakes, and I'm like, oh, the rice cakes are healthy, and then I put like four tablespoons of peanut butter on it, you know. But, yes, but and then you I know, eat six of them, and and they're really the same thing as a styrofoam cup. One is tall, one is square, so <laughs> no enjoyment to that at all. Like, not it's the vehicle for the peanut butter, but alone, it's like, why bother? What right. is this? Right. So true. Yeah. It's so true. Oh, wow. Oh and so honestly, you know, people who have t- we've admittedly, right? I've done Weight Watchers always worked for me. Um, so I think it's the accountability of what you're eating, which is sort of what you're saying about the plate consumption, right? Well, it's support, right? Support's always important, whether we do that with our own support, talking to somebody else, joining a support group, some online something, accountability, because we need to be accountable to ourselves. It can't be an afterthought. If somebody's right. going to be successful, you have to think about it. So right. you're doing some monitoring in some way, shape, or form. Weight Watchers as well has really kept up with all the trends. Yeah. So they evolve. It's not just keto or just paleo right, or Leslie, gluten-free right. or whatever cabbage the soup. nonsense is. Cabbage, it's cabbage soup, soup. Diet. Remember that right. one? You couldn't <laughs> open your refrigerator after a day of like, oh my God, what died? And then you had no friends. So, you know, <laughs> right. not really a good thing. What about the three-day diet? Terrible. Do you remember the three-day diet? Oh, you lose yeah. 10 pounds in three days. Here's what you eat. And it's like a hard-boiled egg. Do you remember that? Yes. I mean, oh. all of them. And they all come back in some reiteration. So, you know, yes. now we have keto, which, okay, yeah. nobody needs to be doing that. Yes. Really, they don't. It's not healthy. And it is all those things you take away really do not help you optimize. I mean, mm. this is it. It's with the baggage. Oh, now my cholesterol is higher. Oh, now I've actually had an adverse Great effect point. on bone health. And that does happen with keto. I mean, no. this is the research. This is not just my opinion. No, no, I, I, I have read that. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because we actually were contacted by someone who clearly follows us and thinks we're oh both my fat, gosh. right? I can't believe you're going to say this. This, yeah. this fitness lady uh, contacted us, wanted to know if Hold she, on. Is she a fitness lady? I don't know what she is. I don't know. But she, she figured we were influencers on social media and offered us to come and get these injections and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. But my question is, is, really, they first do some blood drawing and do some blood you know, analysis. 
Is the blood analysis necessary? Does it really, really Asking help? for a friend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, here as a, as <laughs> a friend commenting. I like science and you like science. Yeah, I do. Okay. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of these blood test things. I mean, having worked with athletes over the year, typically the more you charge for something, the more they want to do it, right? Yes. Because they can. Yes. But what are they getting out of it? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago being interviewed by NBC Nightly News. They let's do this blood test stuff. And so the reporter actually had his blood three times drawn, sent to the same lab three times, three entirely different results. Now, you tell me how accurate that is. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so I'm with you. A lot of these things are more about takeaway. Don't eat and take all these supplements because obviously you're dying. All right, well, that's making money for the person. Yeah. It is not based upon science. It can be it, simple. It, well, it should be. If somebody has a genuine lactose intolerance, you don't diagnose that yourself. Okay. You go to a gastroenterologist. Yeah. If you have food allergies, you go to an allergist. You don't do any online nonsense. It's just not telling you anything. You're spending a lot of money, and you're not getting back any good information. You heard it right here on yajagoff.com. I mean, how about nightly news to yajagoff.com? Right. <laughs> I love it. No, but I think what I hear mostly, <laughs> right. what I hear that I like career. most is she started her career saying, what am I going to do with this? Found dietitian work as the best way to go. It didn't change, right? It it's the same changed. formula, and, and people have just sort of gone back and forth on these, these fad things, correct? You know, they have, and I think finally we're starting to evolve towards some sense instead of nonsense. But I've been doing this since 1982. I have oh, it's a long yeah. time, yeah. but I still love it. Right. There's still more to learn. Right. And, right. you know, it's all about getting people engaged. That's what it's supposed to be. We have to eat every day, so why shouldn't we enjoy what it is we're putting in our mouth? I love it. Okay, uh, so can we have her on every quarter? Yes. We'll start paying for it, but we want her on every quarter. <laughs> I love it. Uh, You're no, fantastic, no, listen, Leslie. And again, I go back to I love the fact that everybody knows you, but nobody knows you. And now we get a little bit of heart and soul out of you because uh, when you're on PTL, you only get this amount of time. And, and I love the fact that we could get you, get your personality here. And uh, we've watched you forever. That doesn't mean you're old. That just means no. you're seasoned. It, it does mean I'm old. Yeah. Seasoned. Yeah. Seasoned. Yeah. You're a veteran. And I'm so glad you fi we finally. Uh, this podcast is been going on every week for five years and this is the first it's our mistake to have you only on right now agree i am Couldn't thrilled agree. Right. in the middle of a pandemic in the middle spreading joy we are <laughs> spreading joy 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 not yeah, germs. yes where does everybody <laughs> yeah. find you so that if they have questions if they need your you know one-on-one -on -one help yes. whatever that can my be. website is activeatingadvice.com how easy is that? And we'll have it in right. the show notes. Yeah. And we can't let you go without our coveted question of the day. We're, we're at Mike's Beer Bar. I looked at it again. Yes. Um, <laughs> when you are celebrating something, and I think you already answered this, what is your go-to drink? And what is your go-to salutation? So I'm half Italian, and we always go salute. But then I'm half Irish. So whenever it's that time, John goes, it's cilantro. So I have to remember to do that. What are you drinking? Uh, is it wine? Yeah, you know, I am a wine drinker. Okay. I am, a, And it's usually white and lachayim. There it is. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leslie, we can't thank you enough. You have to come back. Oh, my God. Please. This yeah. is awesome. This. Yeah, and yeah. we really are going to consult her because we do walk. We're walkers. We walk four to five miles we a day. We solve the world's problems oh. almost every morning walking into Bellevue. But then it's that afternoon. We have to call. Got to call Leslie. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. It's like, and I with my bullhorn. Get that out of your mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Leslie. Thank you so much. Uh, that was super. Uh, Does it get any better than as that? As we transition to Josh, what music are we hearing? Steel Mill Rising, thanks to Fusion Entertainment. Too many years now I've been on my own Searching for that new beginning 
So our next guest is Josh Axelrod, Post-Gazette writer, entertainment writer, uh, social pop culture writer. Uh, My title is technically features writer. I specialize in movies and TV coverage, dabble in a little media reporting as well, and I write for the goodness section every Sunday, too, so there you I go. do a lot. <laughs> well, and, uh, Tell so, them how we know him, John. Hit right, him with it. So we made, you became our best friend right around uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade time because, as we know, everybody's, you know, being careful. And we came up with this idea of a fake St. Patrick's Day parade. And if you're listening to the podcast and didn't watch it, you can still go back on Facebook and even boost our numbers a little further because uh, what we did is Rachel and I rode around in a pickup truck and everybody, we moved and the parade did not. Right. And we just kept coming around as people but got their areas wiped Let out. me remind you that the reason we love Josh was because this was the phone call. Hi guys, this is Josh from the Post Gazette. All right, you got me. <laughs> so with our so what what's said? cool is Josh, as, you, as I admitted, I am a journalism geek and I appreciate good old school reporting. And what I loved most about you was that when we started the conversation, there were steps, there was a method, you know, it's not, and not that I'm downing. I mean, we're a podcast, you know, 10 years ago, this wasn't any kind of form of, of, you know, storytelling. Um, so I have to be honest and say, like, I get it. There's so many different forms of explanation now, but you really hold on to that true fit of journalism. Am I right? I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, and let me just say, first and foremost, I get a lot of pitches every day. Yeah. But the virtual St. Patrick's Day parade really, really got my attention. <laughs> good. It was well, a, good. You guys wrote an immaculate pitch. And when I forwarded it to my editor, he was immediately like, well, this sounds fun. There you go. So, yeah, there you half, go. half We're the battle with to... me is just writing a good pitch. And well, great job. How funny is that? Because that in itself is another question. But I'll let you answer this one, and then we'll go yeah, to that. Yeah, I was going to say, to answer your original question, um, I don't know that I am an arbiter of old school journalism per se. I mean, I'm 29. I, I don't think I can uh, speak. Why for do the you do old... that? Why do you guys think you do yeah. that? <laughs> he just threw, threw shade on you. Right I now. don't think that's exactly what I meant. To do. <laughs> okay. Sorry I, I just wanted to make it clear. I don't know that I'm an arbiter of old school journalism. Yeah. I can't sure. speak for the old heads and right. Lord knows there are enough of those. No doubt. But, uh, no <laughs> and the old heads also still do great work and I don't want to disparage them. All I know is that, uh, I was trained to be a print journalist. I have training in a lot of other, areas in multi I went to the University of Maryland. I have a degree in multimedia journalism from them. I have a master's degree in media and strategic communication from George Washington University. So okay. I'd like to believe communication's kind of my thing. It seems to, you know, wow. be the be the niche that I've uh, I've drawn for myself. Wow. So I'll well, I'll all say I'll all say is just that I'm very I think I'm pretty good at the form of com- at this specific form of communication. I don't think it's better or worse than any others, but it's what I'm good at. Yeah. And well, do you, and do that's, you feel like oh, No, go ahead. Do you feel like at times just to have some fun you want to drift to a different direction of communication? Why do you think I'm here? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love doing I love doing podcasts. Podcasts is are the most right? fun. Yeah. yeah. I never get to, Well, the thing with print is that I can only be myself so much. I can yeah. write with a little bit I try to write with voice. I try to make sure whenever someone uh, checks an article written by me, even if they haven't seen the byline, they they know it's from me. But on a podcast, I get to actually be myself. And it's just a lot of fun, and I'm trying to do more local ones. And so thank you guys again for having me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to plug into some others that we know of. Yeah, for sure. sure. I'm so down. And I think just to kind of refine, that's where I was going is that I'm 15 years older than you. And in my day, you know, journalism selection was literally print and broadcast. End of story. There's so many different avenues now. And you are 29. And so to you, oh, my gosh, there's all these avenues. You chose 
this you know older type. So the question I have now is, you talk about the press release. Our biggest question at our ages is, is the press release dead? Oh, the press release is alive and kicking. Love it. Is that I'd right? love to hear that. I cannot tell you how many press releases I get on a daily basis. Some relevant to what I actually cover, some not so much. Uh, some get deleted right away when I realize they have nothing to do with Pittsburgh. Others <laughs> I keep for a rainy day, and then some I immediately forward it to my editor, and I'm like, this is A, a good release, and B, a good story. Let me know what you think. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the press release is not dead. There's no way the journalists know. Let me let me rephrase this. Journalists pe- try to do our best to to know what's going on around the city in our coverage areas. Like we do our best to uh, stay informed about everything. But also, it's great when people tell us. Yeah, it makes our life a billion times easier. There are so many things I would have never known that were happening. Like for example, a virtual St. Patrick's Day <laughs> parade. If you guys hadn't told me, so no, the press release is doing great and i great frankly send me more of them like i awesome. i'm always looking for stories i'm this i'm the weirdo who never feels like i have enough work to do okay so even when i, I am overworked but yeah so send me more stuff is what i'm saying and press okay. releases i want more be so careful what you ask for yeah so let me let me ask you this because this is what i always hear rachel talk about because i'm not a traditional anything i i did nothing in reporting before this i was just a marketing guy so i came from the marketing side writing the pitches right and then Rachel came from the reporting side and then transitioned over to writing the pitches. So I guess what what um, do you see when you see a press release? How far do you dig into it to say, oh, let me see, is this BS here or not? You know, that kind of thing. And obviously you want to put your own spin on it. But do you like when they kind of half write the story, you know, or at least give you enough? Or, or I mean, you know, when there's a quote in a press release, they didn't say it. It was their marketing person who said, you know, Jim Lipschitz for the CEO said Colin's this. Colin's really good at right? that, yeah. <laughs> and But so, I mean, how when you get that press release, you're looking at it with like a, uh, a crazed eye, like, I really need to dig into this, or you trust it, at least. Or it depends on who it comes from. Well, I'll say, first and foremost, that my master's degree in media and strategic communication sounds like a word salad, but it really just means PR. <laughs> so I technically have a master's degree in PR, too. So I know how to make a press release. So I've written plenty in my day. Okay. And so I know the basic elements of a good press release, I would say. Okay. Which are, be relevant to the reporter that you're... That yes. you're, uh, you're soliciting, make it coherent, uh, and definitely tell me how to proceed from there. Those are my main three things I would say I look for. Um, and I don't know. I, I will say one of the first things I do is I just command F Pittsburgh. And if the word Pittsburgh isn't in your press release, chances are it's going right into my, my trash. <laughs> There's your Google ads. Uh, I mean, words. Hey, 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 SEO is everything. Yeah. I'm just saying SEO matters even in email. So, uh, no, I, I, I mean, to be fair, there are certainly times where I have to dig a little deeper, even if, yeah. uh, even if that word isn't there, and I find some, a nugget that catches my attention. But really, when it comes to a good press release, um, I do appreciate when people send, send those quotes that may or may not be fake. I, sometimes I end up using them, and it's just easier than going out and trying to, uh, to get them myself if speed, if speed is an issue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, again, send me all of your press releases. The worst I can do is not respond, but like... I know a good one when I see him. Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. And and again, my main thing is that if it has absolutely nothing to do with my beat, and if it's not even Pittsburgh related, uh, save see your ya. save save your hand strength. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. I love it. I love so it. what we liked about you is you're right. You wrote it. So I just knew after talking to you, like I said, you have this method, and 
we knew you were going to capture it, and you did. Every detail was on par. So what is it about the story? Do you have to be intrigued by it, or is it like, okay, I'm going to learn about this, or is it a little bit of both? Well, I'd certainly say that you can tell when a journalist is writing a story because they have to. Yes, yeah, As true. opposed to that it was something they were clearly passionate about. And I'm not saying that because I have to is a bad reason to write a story. Sure. Certainly there are just things that happen on my beat where I'm like, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't have this. Right. Even if it's not something I might have jumped on myself. Great point. Like just, Great point. Yeah, just uh, offhand. But. So favorite story you've ever written? God. There are quite a lot of those. Um, the one that comes to mind always for me is I wrote a story for our goodness section, I think last, probably January, February, about the Hollaback Girls. Uh, they're <sighs> these group of three giant Steelers fans from yes. New Jersey. They bake holla, and the money goes to organizations that promote uh, racial justice Love. and uh, help. also helped uh, just bake holla for uh, first uh, first-line responders during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you remember so, that, John? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I and uh, Zach Banner with the Steelers partner with them as well. And that's what Zach Banner tweeting about them is what got my attention on them in the first place. And that, that had been a story that had been in the back of my mind since July. And when I finally, when the, we launched the goodness section, I was like, this is my excuse to finally talk to them. Uh-huh. And they're these four sisters. They're amazing. I'm still, in, I'm still in touch with them on occasion. They're all really just fun, talented people. And that story is just went gangbusters for us too. That's so awesome. th- that's the one that comes to mind. And, and so back, so I started with the PG in June 2019, and I actually started in the sports section. And another good one that comes to mind is um, St. Oh my God, I'm gonna get the name of the high school wrong. Uh, a high school basketball team that was going to states, and the high school was going to fold. And I did a story on them as they were preparing for states, with also that knowledge in the back of their mind. It was like one of my rare A1 above the fold cover cover mm. stories. Wow. And it was. I, my girlfriend actually got a frame for me in a plaque. Oh, that's it, was my, it was a very, very nice birthday yeah. gift from that's her. That's so cool. Nice. And, uh, yeah, those those are the two that always come to mind when I think of my favorite PG stories. So now you're writing about the movies, and the, we know this is starting to ramp up again just as, as we're uh, re- doing this podcast. Just read about A League of Your Own kind of coming up here. Probably my story, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. And uh, so here we are. So talk a little bit about uh, you're seeing this all start back up again at least a little bit right yes at least a little bit i mean so the pittsburgh area has had three television shows already filming over the last couple months um netflix had a a horror series called archive 81 and they also had the chair uh, with sandra oh that's why sandra oh is in town going to that rally to stop asian hate and that video went viral people i was People were like, what's Sandra Oh doing in Pittsburgh? And I was like, read my stories. You would know. <laughs> you would know. Right. But, yeah, those those two have been in town filming, and they just wrapped recently. And now I think everyone in Ross Township knows that Rust, the Showtime series starring Jeff Daniels, is here because they just shut down a street on Thursday. Yes, they and that did. Caused, oh, we know. That caused quite a stir. I was, I was thinking about going out to the set, but I was told that because of COVID protocols that uh, they don't okay. want journalists there. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, so that's happening. And, yeah, I, we just found out this week that A League of Their Own is the Amazon series based on the 19, 1992 Penny Marshall movie is uh, expected to film around the area this summer. And I, I am in constant communication with Don Kieser from the Pittsburgh Film yeah. Office. She is amazing. Amazing. She does such an awesome job with getting Hollywood to know that Pittsburgh is a viable place to film. And she's she's got so much going on. She, like, I, she, I would imagine there's a wait list of... Uh, 
I don't want to report this, but I think there's a wait list of, of uh, potential movies and TV shows that want to film here. Yes. And uh, well, you don't have to worry about it. We were with the uh, deputy director yesterday. Yeah, Heather. For, yeah, Heather. Oh, and she, oh, Heather's great too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. she said the same thing. She said you would be shocked at how many things are in the works. Yeah, you and know, people and uh, Don will like me mentioning this. People need to keep in touch, keep track of this bill in the PA Senate right now yeah, right. about the film incentive program, yes. trying to raise the cap. That will make it so much easier for projects to film here. No and it question. creates jobs on jobs for people in the entertainment industry around here. And they put money back into local businesses too, like food and retail. And it's just, it's an underrated uh, way that this this area gets an economic boost and people get put back to work during a really tough time. So, yeah. So, do, are, are the Yinzers trying to be your best friend to know, like, hey, where's this set going to be? Can I go hang out over there? Can I go hang out over here? I've gotten a couple <laughs> tweets here and there from people being like, I see something filming. What the hell is this? And then I text Dawn and she's like, oh, yeah, it's just this. So, yeah, people are – people uh, – I want more people to ask me those questions. I think that's a lot of fun. Oh, is that right? And, and okay. I, love, I love interacting. That's with, your like, good party question. Like, what you want people to ask? Sort of. You, you, you know, yeah. people. I feel like. I feel like there's a weird, uh, not stereotype, but perception that Yinzers don't care about pop culture. They're this, these hardworking steel town people that they care about their sports and they care about their jobs and they have no, they don't have time to, for uh, for a good movie or TV show or to care about like. When the celebrity said this, yeah, that's not true at all. There is a thriving pop culture fandom in the city. Just look at Steel City Con a couple times a year; you'll see them come out in full force. And uh, I just I love when people when those people interact with me on Twitter and on Instagram and any other platform. I want more of that, and I want people to realize that like not only does that again, it's jobs, it's yes, it's fandom, and it's fun, like. When you see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom yes. and it's up for Oscars on Sunday, which look out for my Oscar story tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, there are going to be a bunch of movies tomorrow night with Pittsburgh ties. Yeah. Oh, my God. Princess right. McDormand went to Monessen and she might win Best Actress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leslie Adam Jr. went to CMU and he might, he could, he's a potential to come home with two Oscars tomorrow. Right. It's crazy. It's everywhere and Ninja should be proud of that and paying attention to that. Listen, I oh my God. You, a million years ago when I was a young pumpkin paramedic, we shot a Young and the Restless scene downtown. And it was when these two, one of the, uh, the big couple on the Young and the Restless were getting hit by a car, right? And that's the film, that's the part they were filming in front of Oxford Center. And people, people were walking by like, what's going on? What's going on? And we said like, Crystal and Jake, whatever the names were, are getting hit by a car tonight. And the lady almost had a stroke. She goes, oh, my God. <laughs> she was so concerned. I go, look, they're not really getting hit by a car. That's but so funny. They're no, so into and, it. And that reminds me that it's not just the major Hollywood projects that are filming around here. Mm -hmm. I've done stories just in the last two, couple months about, like, direct-to-video on-demand, like, horror movies that filmed around here, like Redwoods and The Boonies. I write a story, like, once every couple of weeks about a short film that, that catches my attention, like... Uh, these Pitt students did this story about uh, two LGBTQ teens like finding each other. It's called Thanks to Her. It's really good. Um, I'm writing something, a story on Monday about this short film about human trafficking that Point Park students did. Like, this is such a talented city. It yes. is an underrated thing that people don't talk about enough. And it's something I'm growing more passionate about by the day that I just want people to know 
how talented the film entertainment industry is in this city. And that's why I hope people get out of my stories is realizing just how much talent we have yeah. here. And you're not talking about just the actors. You're talking about the stagehands and oh, yeah. all because actors, Dawn has it's just such a gro- yeah, it's actors, such a directors, producers. Yeah. I mean, again, when we're talking about jobs coming here, I'm talking about in every facet of the of production, not just acting or directing. I'm talking about like like there are, I mean, there's a major I mean, there's a major uh, uh, film truck rental company in Pennsylvania that uh, Haddad's that uh, that uh, I, I just talked about that yesterday. Yeah. I, actually, I actually just uh, interviewed David Haddad for an article that's coming out soon. The craziest so. thing is, is most Pittsburghers call it Haddad. 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 He's gonna get so <laughs> mad at me because he told me that, and I botched it on air. But, no, you're <laughs> fine. You are fine. You're fine. Yeah, I, it's, uh, you were probably right, and yeah. where the answers are it's wrong. A, no, no, it's, no it's, I'm sure you're it's right. It's a Jewish pronunciation. No, no, I'm <laughs> sure you're 100 right. I, tr- no, you're I fine. trust you. And John, we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to Andy, the smokehouse guy, Andy, our bacon guy, because he's on set almost all the time for yeah. all of these like right. different things. Yeah, smokehouse, he's yeah. the smokehouse food truck, and he ends up getting to do a lot of the food that are on site oh, so give he gives us the end give him my email we will do that yeah. we're on it to, i want to talk to him Love it. oh yeah, yeah. And he's such stars. a great yes. guy oh he's such a great guy he answers yeah. our question of the day every day with bacon, bacon it doesn't yeah. matter what it is but anyway josh right. we love talking to people like you you truly represent what pittsburgh is and how up and coming we are so thank you so much where does everybody follow you find you to see what you're doing next um, you can find all my stories on postgazette.com. I think I might already know for a fact I have a story coming out every day this week up through wow. next oh, Friday. Nice. Okay. That's how that's how far in advance I work sometimes. Well, we're okay. fans, so um, we'll be listening and, uh, and watching that. And uh, you guys can follow me at, at Jaxelberg with an H on Twitter. I, again, I love I love uh, talking to people on Twitter, and I, I, want, I just want more opportunities to do that. And, yeah, just, again, I cover movies, TV, local media, and... I write for our goodness section, and I, I have a goodness story almost every Sunday, which is such a fun, a fun thing to do to highlight awesome, just uplifting stories about Pittsburghers too. And yeah, just love it. Follow, yeah. right? Follow. Yeah, yeah. Hit that Follow. button. Hit that button and read my stories. Do it. Do it. So <laughs> awesome. Twitter's your preferred form of so social John. media. Got it. All right. So yeah, question my of the day, Rach. Ready? Here's how it goes. This is the coveted. It's scary stuff. So like, you need to be prepared. <laughs> so here we are at Mike's Beer Bar. And I'm not trying to coerce you into saying beer, but what is your go-to drink when celebrating? And what are you saying? Salute, cilantro. What? What are we saying whenever we're doing that? Drink and salutation. So for the record, I do like beer. Okay, cool. My go-to <clears throat> drink in general is a good dark and stormy. I don't think anything gets better than some mm. ginger beer and rum. Um, That's a good one. Uh, and with beer, I'm a big... Uh, I don't like IPAs. I'm a big uh, stout and uh, light, light guy. Oh, we'll I, be giving you some Jagoff beer. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I, okay. I don't understand the point of just putting something that tastes nasty in your right. mouth. Agreed. So Agreed. I don't pretend to like IPAs. How are you saluting? Uh, honestly, I know Leslie already said it, but as a Jew, I'd be remiss if I didn't just... I am. I love I am. that. Yeah. I couldn't say... I was going to say that, and then I was like, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not. So I'm sure you're women. Okay. Give me a reason to come around. We've been running around the same old town for years now. Mike, I don't even know how you get better than a name called Mike's Bar Beer Bar. That took a. I'm a real creative guy, aren't I? Uh, well, the fact is, many people hire marketing firms and PR firms to come up with great names, but 
You did it, right? I Mike's did, Beer I did. Bar. Yes. So, well, it was just so I could find my way here in the morning. Uh, as you okay. can see. Listen, so. no, and you're a North Side guy, right? I grew up on the North Side, okay, yes, up, okay. up on Spring Hill. I don't know how I haven't met you. My dad is actually was partners at Atria's across the street. Did I you know. do some homework? I know. Well, a little bit of homework. Okay. But, uh, but I've been to uh, his place you oh, know, over there. Oh, get stuff. Okay. Usually it's my dad. You know, because he's of the same generation, okay, gotcha. uh, goes over there all the time. Okay, so, uh, yeah, small world, right? But I, I'm proud to be a Northsider. Anytime I say, you know, if we have a chance to be on the North Side, I say to John all the time, my God, especially you weren't here for the beginning for us to say, when North Shore started, Northsiders, now I was a Brighton Heightser, so admittedly, right? <laughs> but Northsiders were like, what in the hell is this North Shore? Who do these people think they are? And now, Mike, you look at a place like yours. Who would have thought that this is what it would have become? I know. I know. It's this, amazing. This was not a great neighborhood uh, no. way back when. So. Well, and it was a nothing, right? There was just nothing there. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, kudos to PNC Park being still one of the most beautiful parks in the nation. Just the, the ability to kind of build around. What are you seeing, especially coming out of COVID? Obviously, some life, right? But what are you seeing that you most like about it down here? That what what's COVID has helped us with is to realize and recognize how much residential is still fairly close to us. Sure. Oh. When I first bought the business, um, this was really a, a baseball destination, in yes. some degree a football destination. So I wouldn't say we had many regulars other than people who worked in the offices around here. Correct. But yeah. when everything then kind of shut down, in, including a number of restaurants in that in, in the neighborhood, We've, you know, uh, many people found out from the neighboring apartments, you know, that sure. this was a place that they could come. And I started to gain an appreciation for just how much, you know, of course, you think about the north side and the war streets and all. But sure. just the the number of apartment uh, buildings that are around and how much residential is here. And so, you know, if it if it weren't for them, it would have been a very tough go for the Silver past lining, year. Right? Exactly. Yeah, about that? Because it is a shame. I mean, we we've. We can't say that we don't all realize the hospitality industry has had such a hit, but it brings joy to celebrate places like this where here we are on a Saturday at 1230 and there's life. Yes. And it's not just, I mean, obviously very safety driven, but there's life here and that's fantastic to see. And from the podcast standpoint, we are sitting outside on picnic tables with these barriers out on the street. So that was the help of the city. That was right, the recognizing city, the need. Right? The city really did uh, come through for yeah. a lot of places by making this avail- You know, the the parking in in the streets available. Uh, they've extended for all of us till the end of the calendar year, which is great oh, because nice. for for me, I mean, I even though we're at seventy five percent occupancy sure. in in reality, I'm just over forty. Because sure. with social distancing of the tables, right. I never even made 50% when it sure. was 50. So this is a real extension of the business, which helps out Absolutely. quite a bit. Yeah. So I guess general question, right? Are you a beer guy? Yes. Okay. A um, little bit about my history. Yeah. Uh, I'm fourth generation beer guy. Uh-huh. Uh, my uh, great grandfather came over, uh, you know, back at the turn of the, you know, 1900s, came sure. in. And owned a bar right after Prohibition. My grandparents were one of the first uh, licensees on the north side. Uh, uh, well, in the state, had a beer distributorship on the north side. Okay. That ended up with my dad. And then ultimately, as a kid, I grew up, uh, I didn't learn to drive a car. I learned to drive a beer truck. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I was doing beer deliveries back in the 70s, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning while the steel mills were still taking, you know, the the midnight shift was getting off of work, walking in, delivering cold beer. 
And then I went off to college. I had a corporate life. I lived 22 years overseas. Um, and then as it came time to think about retirement, I uh, thought, well, what am I going to do next? And I thought, well, it's kind of in the blood. And I've you're like, let me get into the do. most difficult industry yeah. I've yeah. ever imagined. Right. The most, yeah. most, right. most, most guys, especially, you know, at one point in their lives, uh, dream of opening a bar. Yes, that's yeah. right. Then they wake up and say, well, maybe not. Right. I was just dumb enough to do it, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, late in life. But yeah. um, but it, it was something I knew, yeah, I knew what I was going to be in for. Sure. And uh, this place came about, which was, it, you know, brought me back to Pittsburgh, brought me back to the north side, right. same zip code that I grew up in. Right. When I bought it, it was only beer, and okay. it didn't have a kitchen. Right. So it, it kind of allowed me to learn my way into it, because owning a beer distributor and owning a bar are very, very different yeah. things. Um, and so that's what happened, uh, what, two and a half, three years ago. And then, of course, six weeks before the pandemic, I closed on the rest on the place next door, uh, North Shore Tavern, and have a restaurant there. Yeah, uh, how cool uh, is that? So it, it was probably not, not, not great timing, time. not, not the yeah. best timing, no, but, no. Uh, yeah, but it is great. Door. It yeah. is next door, so it allows me to have, because I wanted to have more than one business, having them in two different locations would have been much more difficult oh, no question. for sure yeah. now that I'm learning about you know a, a second business. Yep. You know, the pandemic also kind of helped and created a silver lining there because we used the time to completely renovate the go. place yeah. and brought it to really the way we wanted it to be. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so now we're here. What's the one wow. aspect of this Mike's Beer Bar that was your dream? You're like, I know whenever I have my bar, I'm going to have this item or these things in my That's bar. a good question. Thanks, well, Rich. You didn't even go by the script. Yeah. I, well, to be honest with you, it probably wasn't. What I wanted to do didn't end up in Mike's Spear Bar. Okay. It ended up in the restaurant. Oh, okay. Uh, because when I came back to the U.S., well, when I lived overseas, one of the countries I lived in was Switzerland. And oh, in bummer. Zurich, yeah, I know it was tough. <laughs> it was really tough. But I, but I also lived in Russia and Romania yes. along the way, too. Yeah. So, uh, But uh, in Switzerland, in Zurich, there was a restaurant that did only meat or any protein on a stone, on a hot stone. And I came to I came upon this uh, restaurant, and uh, I really, really enjoyed the concept of it. It also happened to be right next to the hockey arena there, where the Zurich Lions John. played. Yeah. Yep. You know that's where we were going. Yeah, right. So, so my son plays hockey, and we were supposed to go to Zurich for ball ho- for the world ball hockey. Yeah. And that's where we were going. To Zurich? To Zurich. To, yeah. Yeah. So right, right in the neighborhood was this restaurant, and more or less they were open at 6... Closed at 9.30. They turned the table three times. Wow. Right? And so I became a bit enamored with it both because I enjoyed the meal, but also because of the efficiency of the restaurant mm-hmm. and how they could do that. Absolutely. And as someone who went to see the hockey games, I would go at 6 o'clock. At 6.05, I'd have a beer. And at 6.10, my steak would be on the table cooking on the stone. And I'd have wow. an hour to really enjoy a meal, which is more than enough time yes, to enjoy sure, a meal sure. once you have your food. Uh, have another beer or two, cash out at seven, seven ten, and be at the game on time. And I never looked at my watch. Right yeah. when I bought, so when I came back to the U.S., wanted to get back into you know either restaurant or bar business. Sure. I was looking at restaurants first, just to do that. Sure. I'd find the right building, not the right neighborhood. Find the right neighborhood, not the right building, and then Mike's. What was before Mike's became available, okay. but there wasn't enough space back in the corner to have anything more than a very, very small kitchen. 
So I went about building kitchen, and then, of course, right after I finished the kitchen, the people next door came and asked me if uh, I was interested in that. Uh, of course. So now I have two kitchens instead of one. But, um, but because it was a restaurant, I thought, well, why don't I try that here? Because I want to bring people down. I want to give people the reason to come down to the North Shore in February. Correct. Yes. Right? Because it's not a place that you come. And having a good hamburger, a good sandwich is not going to do that. You can That's find right. that most That's anywhere. That's right. Yeah. So the efficiency that you could get before a ball game by having, you know, uh, something that you can, if you do it well, get to the table quite quickly, uh, eliminates a lot of the, you know, concerns people have when they're, you know, when time is an issue. Same with uh, day, you know, lunch, uh, at lunchtime with people in the offices. Right. They have an hour. They want to get in and get out. Uh and then, like I said, with kind of the neat concept that the steak on a stone is, uh, we thought this will give people a reason to to want to come down here and try How to cool do the business that? at yeah. that time of year. So, and not only that, Mike. I mean, we know that life has become, you know, instant gratification. We've all lived that way now. You know, we don't meet, we don't want to. But who has to be at hockey? Who's working late? And you sort of go, listen, I need to be in and out, or else right. that's it. And we all have short attention spans anymore right yeah mike we have a question of the day that we have to ask you but before we even get to that i will have the yinzer question i have a yinzer question for you yinzers always give directions by go down to where these blank used to be (laughs) right yeah so what when you were roaming around in these parts what used to be in these corners i mean obviously pnc park wasn't here to be honest because because I left after college. Oh, I got you. Okay. This neighborhood I wasn't as okay. familiar okay. with. But I and did go I, to the mall. Allegheny yeah, Center right. Mall. Allegheny that Center was Mall. the place yeah. that okay. I remember and most I down in this say, area. I don't remember what was here. You know, I'm trying to, even as I was saying in the beginning, like, none of this was here. It's hard to believe that PNC Park was never here right. when right. I look at it. Right. You know, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, yes. yeah. Allegheny Center Mall was, we bought school clothes there every year. I, and know? I still catch myself if I'm trying to direct somebody, <laughs> I'll say, go up to the mall and then I yeah, have to right. stop and say, <laughs> right. okay, the mall's not there anymore. That's and, so funny. And the hot dog, the little hot dog stand outside yes, of, right. um, what was the big, Gimbel's. Gimbel. Was it Gimbel's? Uh, no, uh, Sears was in there. Okay. Sears, I thought yeah. Gimbel's was there. Yeah. I'm much younger, though. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, where does everybody find you? Because they have to come try this food. They have to taste test so many beers. And, you know, shameless plug, we have a Jagoff beer now. So we might have to talk to you about how do we make that work together. Well, and all of our beers, you know, <laughs> not all, but right now we have three, 350 of our 500 are local beers. Oh, my gosh. So if Mike, you're making wonderful. it locally, North Country Jagoff Brewery. North Country, uh, North Country we, they're a great brewery. Yeah. Uh, yeah we have a number of their beers on here. So we decided to focus quite a bit on local beer and make that kind of who we are. We have 80 taps, wow. all 80 are local, and then we've got another about 300 bottles and cans on one cooler. And on the other side, it's everywhere else in the world. Everybody's mostly favorite on craft friend, beer. Mike. Mike that I know, the bar. Right? I know. So Mike, <laughs> Mike'sBeerBar.com. Um, yeah. Mike's beer bar. I was just going to say, it's yes. Mike's Beer Bar. Yeah. I know, it doesn't get any easier than that. <laughs> Follow on social media as well, right? Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Twitter and everything else. Listen, we would be remiss if we didn't use this question as the question of the day. So... What is your go-to drink? And we're surely hoping it's a beer. You don't, and you don't have to show favoritism. But, and then what are you saying when you are saluting? What is your salutation? So I, uh, so I'll, the salutation is cheers. Okay. I Easy lived enough, overseas, right? yeah. and, and you know, and I even say it frankly when I'm putting a beer on the table to sure. somebody else because I work with a lot of Brits, and that's kind of it. Just kind of rubbed okay. up on me as well. 
My favorite drink depends on the time of year, though, right? Okay. So beer is obviously one of my favorites. When the weather is cold, a single malt scotch is my go-to oh, almost okay. every evening. That's a good one, too, yeah. Uh, when the weather gets warm, a nice gin and tonic is always great. I'm a big beer drinker. IPAs and sours are my two favorite styles. Okay. Okay. And Pittsburgh's got a, a ton. Of Pittsburgh yeah. breweries have a ton of great. Absolutely. You know, IPAs yeah. and sours for that matter. So. And kudos uh, to you for really patroning local because that's so important. Especially yeah. we've all learned our lesson from the pandemic that it's so important to support locals. So. The third business wow. is Mike's Single Malt Scotch Bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More or less the same ingredients. Yeah. Right. Here, it's a little right? So. A little bit. I have to tell you, I'm enamored. I saw you on Bill Flanagan. Uh, oh, right. You're like, yes, does anybody watch Bill. those Sunday morning shows? Yes, they do. So now we know. Right, I was right. wondering. So the craziest thing is that I think of is that when I read through your stuff, the intuition program of trying to track your intuition, and Rachel and I both are kind of gut people in that we really trust our gut a lot. But right. there are times we're wrong. And but but I'm sitting here thinking like when I went through your program, I I, put, I printed off all the charts, but I have yet to start it yet. I, I, I feel, I'm a failure because I didn't do it yet. No, but, you are not a failure. So let's, let's talk about that. Like your first of all, give us a little bit of your background, please, yeah. and then let's lead into the whole program of into trusting your intuition. Yeah, for sure, sure. So so well, I mean, I'm so excited to be here. This is right in my sweet spot. I love Pittsburgh. I've done so much in Pittsburgh for the last 20 years working for the Tech Council and working at that intersection of creativity and innovation. And, and intuition really plays an important part in all that because what most people don't realize is that intuition is really that sort of link behind all of that, behind innovation, behind creativity, behind ingenuity and genius and all that stuff. So, so we've been hesitant, I think, a lot of people to use that word intuition because we didn't understand it. So the reason I wrote the book was really to, and to bring people out, like everyday people to talk about intuition is something really normal. And it's something that's actually something that's a missing piece in this whole process that, that we use every day. So that's why we got people from Pittsburgh, like Jesse Schell and Carl Kurlander and all kind of Audrey Russo, people from the Tech Council that really get this other side of intuition that's very practical and no nonsense. Is this something that just kind of came to you one day, something you had been researching? Because, I mean, it's just, it's out there when you think about it. It's out there when you first hear about it. But then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, I mean, how many, I would love to know how many times was I right when I trusted my gut? And that's what your program is. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think the, the idea behind this is really becoming conscious of our intuition. Because so many of us, like you say, we use intuition intuitively, right? right. We're not even aware and of that's it. that's all part of it. Right? right? Yeah. But, but what we start to realize is as young people, if we would have been fostered to understand our intuition the way we were fostered to understand our intellect and our yes. critical mind, we would become aware of how we're using our intuition. We would have become aware of how those gut feelings are playing out. So that's really where, you know, my passion is, was understanding and learning how to levitate those experiences. So we know that, oh my gosh, this was my intuition. This was right. I use this. I'm going to do this again. And I realized early on that it's something that if you can do it once you can do it again if it's repeatable it's learnable and that's really the idea with the program that i started uh, a few years back with intuition lab is really hacking intuition learning to use it learning to repeat it and realize how it can impact your life and i want you to talk about intuition lab because you know 
sometimes we get to a point, and this is just playing devil's advocate, where it's like everything has a thing, right? How does intuition kind of play into an intuition lab? But before I go into that, and I want you to explain it, what if your intuition's wrong? So what do you do then, right? And, yes. like, and I think that's the biggest fear, if I can even elaborate. I think women especially, and I don't know any different because I'm a woman, but women have that pressure of, oh, it's women's intuition, right? Or if you're a mother, yeah. you should know this. But we're human. Right. So our biggest fear is failure. So if our intuition tells us something and it's wrong, what do you do then? Well, so here's the thing. This is I, this is like one of my all-time favorite questions. and, and I, You I, suck. No, this is good. This is our competition to try to who can get the best question. <laughs> the best yeah. question. Well, she hit the nail on the head with this one because guess what? Your intuition's never wrong. Okay. Okay? okay. Never wrong. Because intuition is actually synonymous with truth. So when you're tapping into okay. your intuition, you're touching truth. You're touching that all-knowing part of yourself, that higher part of your brain and your mind that knows stuff that like our kind of little conscious ego mind doesn't get sometimes because you know we don't. we're only using like a part of our brain. The, the reality is that we get our intuition wrong, right? So it, it's so easy to confuse our intuition with our emotions or our fears yes. or yes. our desires. Yeah. And so part of the, you know, one of the, the most important parts of developing our intuition is learning to recognize the difference between those different voices in our head, right? Is that really my intuition telling me to do that? Or is that like my emotions telling me to do that? Mm. Like, oh, like I'm really, I really feel emotional about this and drawn to it. So, but it really wasn't my intuition or, right? So, and we've all had that sort of tension and that friction. Right. But with time, when you start to practice, you notice your intuition feels different. So, Boy, that helps, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, so you know, I look at it like this. When I looked at the chart that you have on your website, that's you're free and downloadable. But you know, we track. Our, we just had Liz, Leslie Bonsi on. You track your food. That, you know, accountability. I ate, right. I yes. ate four. Right. I ate four uh, Thomases. I ate. You know, drank four glasses of milk. Whatever. Thomases are English muffins, and John and Rachel talk. Just so you know, <laughs> John's like, do you want a Thomas yeah, I didn't today? Eat four <laughs> glasses of Thomas. Yeah. And uh, and Thank but you. then the, the next thing. Thank so you so now. You, you do the same type of thing as far as tracking your intuition. Yes. And, and I lo- thank you, Mike. And uh, so it's, it's totally cool. It seems like a lot of work, but it is, it is just like yoga, just like yes. anything else. There's a work to put into it, but then the output is, it has to be incredible. And, I can, and again, I feel like a failure that I haven't tried it yet, <laughs> but, but we are. I just, when I saw you, we always go, what do you think? What do you think? Like, we have some data, but the gut, and our guts are usually pretty good good, and it is and your gut will always be right right that's the thing if you're really tuned into that right voice and you recognize what your gut really feels like it it can't steer you wrong because that gut is connected to that best path that best decision right you just solved a really big thing for us right right. that one person that we were wondering about (laughs) oh that's awesome no but it's so true so true so how do you take that that you know it's abstract right Mm -hmm. it's not something that you can teach tangibly how do you take this and really educate people for people who don't know and that really that's been my challenge that's been my passion because what's extra hard about teaching intuition first of all people don't really understand what it is everybody thinks it's like i gotta get out my crystal balls and talk to the spirits and stuff but you know it's not that i mean it can be that for some people but that's not what it is for most people uh they don't understand what it is and then it manifests so differently for different people like it's so specialized like the way you get an intuitive feeling or a gut feeling or an idea is going to be totally 
different than the way you get it because we're all wired differently. Like I might just have knowings. I might just like, oh, I just know we should do that. Yes. Or you might be like, oh, I just I have a feeling in my heart about this yeah. that feels really right. I'm just right. a crazy bitch, and it's right? Like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, crazy intuition. It's all part she of that sort of right study, there. right? <laughs> no, it's true. All a little crazy. But um, but understanding that we all have our unique intuitive language, it makes teaching it a little harder. So what I have to do is teach people how to understand their language. And there right. is a system behind it. It's not just some willy-nilly thing that, you know, lightning hits or doesn't hit. No, there's actually a system. There are things you can do to, to open to your intuition, to make your intuition happen more. And then once you start to learn to recognize that, you start building your language and understanding your unique system. And so the Intuition Lab is really a customized program for people to develop their own personal intuition. I love that. So what, and it is free. And as John said, like yeah. you can't explain like what, what, what is the process, the overall process that you'll take them through? Yeah. So, um, well, if you go to the website, I think this is one of the things we're talking about. I have a free 12 page guide, yes, wake up your intuition guide. Yes. yes. And that's a step-by-step process really to just sort of activate your intuition and open it up. And it, and it starts with the very simple step of slowing down, which sure. is so important because if you want to hear your intuition, intuition sneaks in and those little moments between our crazy thoughts, right? Yeah. So we are, we are compulsively thinking all day long. So our intuition can't get through a lot of the time. So when do you hear your intuition? When you're See? driving in the car, right? Yeah. In the shower, there's times when you're like zone out and, and your mind is like somewhere else. That's that fertile ground for those little insights and ideas and, and creativity to come through so when you're relaxing good intuition yes 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 yeah yeah Yeah. i love it no i i what i see this is that you know sure i might be home sitting and needing this but i see this so good for business owners absolutely i mean because a small business like ours uh we don't have all the resources to go get attorneys and nine opinions and whatever yes there are very very many times we have to trust our intuition yeah, and uh, and this is a biz- This is a necessary business skill, is the way. And I th- that's actually one of the main areas that I work with people. Many, I'd say, majority of my students are small business owners that are working to build their business. And when you talk about entrepreneurship, you're, it, it, that goes hand in hand with creative ideas and like, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to pivot? How can I reach out? What all these ideas that come through come through your intuition. Right. So really aligning with that and knowing when something feels dissonant, whether it's not like a good path versus something that just feels expansive and opens up to you mm-hmm. like those are ways that you can understand like the, the the alignment for your own personal growth right and it's like the base right that's yes. the baseline and it's all it about the base <laughs> so you have a book out yes so and so talk about that and the people can can they get it at amazon can they just get it at your website they can get it anywhere it's in bookstores all over the world amazon you name it anywhere online it's called radical intuition and the the idea behind it is really, you know, creating this new understanding of intuition is a valuable component for all human beings. We all have it. Every single person that's ever walked the face of the earth has it or will have it forever. It's part of how we're made up. So this book is, it's not just a reading book. It's a doing book. It has exercises, practices, all the stuff that you can do to really start integrating and amping up your own intuition. That's awesome. No, we I, need reading material. I'm turned on to it. I, I really am. <laughs> he I, was. And I have I to say, you. you know, we're very fortunate because as Josh from the Post-Gazette was saying, not that we're these full-blown journalists, but sometimes you have people on the podcast that it may not be my interest, you right. know, but it educated me. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, now I can relate to that or at least yeah. have a conversation. 
and I give him credit on yours because he literally was like, we got to get this lady on the podcast. This was so interesting. <laughs> and like you said, you don't know the measure of who's watching that show on a Sunday. But right. to know that you touch someone enough to I say, know. hey, come on and spread the word. You know, yeah. He's got good cool. intuition. And listen, <laughs> listen my, we call my car the let's make a deal car because you could say, John, do you have any dental floss? John, listen, do you have a shoelace? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Is there a fork there? And yeah, your there. papers, I carry them around religiously in the back of my driver's seat. In the, literally. And I like, look at them. Is and she I'm like, here? I gotta fill that out today. I gotta Aww. fill that out today. So uh, now, now I'm destined to do it. So yeah, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they find you online and social media and all that stuff. Yeah, you can go to my website kimchesney.com, and you can also check out Intuition Lab at intuition-lab.com, and I have all kind of courses and workshops and all kind of fun ways to get engaged and start developing your intuition. And it's Chesney with a T. And you're Chesney with a T. Engaged? Yeah. Grandfather engaged. It's a matchmaking site. Awesome. So, Kim, thank you so much. All right, question of the day. This is the toughie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here I go. Right. Here we are, Mike's Beer Bar. I love it. I love beer. Have you been I here before? It. I know. This is my first time okay. here. It's awesome. Oh, we're, we're having yeah. lunch. We're getting. We're, I got a beer waiting for me oh, over there now. <laughs> so the question is, whenever you're sort of celebrating something, what is your go-to drink and what is your go-to salutation? Like I said, I'm half Italian, half Irish, and I either say salute or cilantro. What are you saying? And what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of wheat beer. So uh, oh, any okay. Kind of Everybody beer, had a different that's, answer. That's oh, mine. Yeah. I love the wheat beers. Okay. Uh, that's my favorite. And I don't know. I don't know. It's usually just cheers. I like that. British okay. good old-fashioned cheers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What's yours? I, I think it's cheers, really. I, I think oh, mine's okay. cheers, yeah. I say salute. I mean, when we're in the mood of, you know, the Irish thing, it's cilantro. But uh, I think it really, I just say cheers. Yeah, yeah. I say salute. Because even on St. Patrick's Day, remember you yelled at me? I did a little bit of reading on you. You performed in 2018. Was this like a whimsical thing? And then all of a sudden you were like, we're not bad at this. Let's keep it up. Is that what happened? So Steel More Rising got started when I was uh, a senior in college. I was living up in Clarion University, and I always loved music. I, I always wanted to form a band and play. And so my roommate at the time, Tyler, he tells me, hey, I have this cousin of mine who's a drummer. And so I go to his hometown. I meet his cousin. We start talking about bands and everything and, uh, you know, like our influences. And we're like... Why, why don't we start a band, you know, the both of us? And so we, we go around scowling for musicians, and we formed this band that came together in 2018, which is different from the band we have today. And then it's just, you know, we had the name, and it stuck. And uh, we just kept going ever since. You yeah, know, we're why two, the name, yeah. though? What, what was that reason? So, yeah, so I, that, I always get asked that yeah. question. So Yeah, well, I know Steel, it's not overly yeah. original, but... <laughs> so Steel Mill Rising, uh, so I'm a huge classic rock, rock and roll fan. Okay. And I've always been a fan of that. I've always kind of, like, been, like... You know, kind of, kind of weird. You know, because everyone wants the the what's going on now, what's right. what's modern, and I liked the stuff like the seventies, eighties. You know, yeah. So. The steel mill kind of represents rock and roll for me because okay. I had a, I had a great grandfather who worked in the steel mill all his life and uh, lost his hearing and everything. And just I'm from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh associates with steel yep. mill. I think steel mill is like a rustic thing, you know. And it's just rock and roll stuck with that. And so that that's the rock and roll part. And then okay. the rising is that this band is bringing that back to the you really are. trying to get, bring it back to the mainstream. You and know, listen, so. I will admit that I I typically will listen to bands prior to. It's just been one of those weeks. You guys are fantastic. I mean, your harmonies are great. You're sitting down, which obviously for your diaphragm isn't always the easiest thing to do. You're sitting down, and you sound fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've 
can't, you know, it's it's more than just me. It's it's everyone here to my left. Uh, I'll introduce. I'm Matt yeah. Kamenicki. This is Letizia Kalini, and then uh, Jacob Zhang, who's we really. Jacob, you got the easy name. <laughs> I, and I, I don't know what he said about those two. <laughs> we'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, Slovak and Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Good combination. I'm sorry. You know, I kind of. You don't have a mic. Oh, sorry. Um, Jacob, talk to us because John just kind of nodded over your way. What's, What's your role? What's up? You chose not to sing today, which is fine because I love the fact that you guys are saying, like, I knew, you know, in this setup what I needed to do. What is your role typically in the band? Um, typically, I just I play electric guitar when we do live, and I'll sing, like, backup harmonies or something like that. Okay. Talk about harmony. How hard is that? How hard is that to hear when you're in an atmosphere, an environment like this? Well, it's, it's critical that you are able to hear... T and Matt, just yeah. so you know what parts they're covering. Okay. And then you need to hear, like, in your head. After you do it for a while, you, you begin to just, like, hear it without physically hearing sure. it. It's called auditing, I yep. think. And then you can just, and then you can sing it. And it's, I don't okay. know how else to explain it. It's just, okay. Yeah. How long have you been in the band? And I, do I call you T? Yeah. T's <laughs> um, so I, it's going to be a, it's a little bit over a year, right? Okay. Yeah, um, right when quarantine started, okay. uh, I joined the band. Weird time to join, but... Yeah, right, right. You know. But if, I don't uh, feel like <laughs> so many good things came out of it. I mean, we all oh, sort yeah. of made the most of what was a bad situation, Definitely, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, so we went to school together. He was a little bit older. And then I knew of his band. I knew it was Steel Mill Rising, and I thought they were awesome. And I posted a video with my dad, Lenny Kalini, of a cover. We did, I think it was Dust in the Wind. And um, Matt messaged me, and he was like, hey, we're looking for a strong um, female vocalist if you're interested. And I was like, that'd be great. Like, definitely, you that guys are awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I hit, and I hit the jackpot with this one. Trust oh, first you did. I heard her. I, I thought immediately Linda Ronstadt. Yes. And That's a great comparison. Yep. That's and that a great was the comparison. first. Uh, we, so we do, we played a cover of You're No Good, which is one of Linda's most famous songs. And. She I love that you're telling volume. me. Oh, like, yeah. this young guy is like, yeah. so you know. <laughs> no, you're so right. And that's that's not an easy song either. She has that sultry, you know, oh, yeah. really melodic song. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I mean, listen, it's a tough time, but you guys are coming out of it. Where are you performing now, or how are you sort of hanging in there for people to know who you guys are? So we, whenever quarantine first hit, we were lucky enough which uh, to get in touch with a place called Steamworks Creative, which is in Allison Park, PA, which oh, is actually yeah. where we're playing tonight at 8 okay. o'clock. Okay. If you guys want to come on out. Okay. Um, we'll share that. So yeah. <laughs> what they did, they reached out, and we did a, like, a virtual concert. And this was, like, right before she joined the band. So uh, after we played that, I'm like, okay, we, you know, looking back, watching the video, getting the... You know, kind of like watching film as a football coach, sure. saying like what needs to change, yep. what we need to do, and then started making changes in the lineup. And the band was completely different from whenever we started then to now. And okay. it's just, it was I was lucky enough to be able to see what needs to be changed. What, you knew you, know. you needed that piece. Yes. Okay. Yes, I knew I was missing something. And then the first time she came over, we were rehearsing my garage, and I was like, we got it. You yeah. know, so and I was so excited. And then we started putting together our second album, which is Highway Travel, which is coming out April thirtieth. Okay. And it's just. His his singing, her singing, his his production on it is incredible, and it's I'm I may be a little biased because you know I, I write the songs, but 
I think That's it's a, a really Manilow. great album coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to. What it, You guys are three, but are there more of you? Or are you just kind of a scaled-down version right now for yeah, us? Yeah, so this is like if we were to do like an acoustic show, this is sure. who we would have for like a stripped-down acoustic show. We have a six-piece band. We have Danny Falk on drums, uh, King and Desidic on bass, Jake Smith on rhythm guitar, and then us three filling okay. the other pieces. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what was it like? What was the aha moment? Obviously, they said they needed that female voice. What was that like for you to kind of come in? Um, definitely. So I grew up playing with my dad's band. So, of course, they're older gentlemen. But um, it was just awesome to play with people kind of my own age sure. and kind of do songs that, older songs too, like the 70s, 80s. But then also be able to bring in a little bit of pop stuff and more current things and sure. like that. And it's definitely a, a good experience to get out with these guys. Yeah. And we all grow together. Like from where we started, like he was saying, to where we are now, we all listen to each other very well. Yeah. And we play a little bit of like rock stuff that every that maybe uh, Jake wants to play. Um, and then we'll play some more bluesier stuff that I like to sing. So yeah. like, we all kind of put in Compromise. our own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, a great balance, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. So it's nice. Jake, what's your nice. favorite song of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know is never an a, answer. There's a lot of songs. Okay. What's your genre? So um, she looked at you and she said rock. Is I that like, you? I like a lot of rock music. I like like funky and like soul and R&B, too. Okay. Like that. And then I listen to... like like pop music today okay to stay like stay current that's what moms do (laughs) jake is the mom of the yeah there you go there you go listen you guys tell everybody the name of your song where can everybody find you and then we have a question of the day so we are uh steel mill rising you can find us on all social media facebook instagram twitter you can find our music our song is called something to believe in uh you can find on spotify apple music uh all stream platforms really youtube as well and yeah, we're playing at Steamworks Creative tonight. I love it. And uh, we're and if you go on our Facebook page, we have all of our events. We have a very busy summer coming up, so that's great. Oh, that we makes can see me you guys so come out. happy. That's great. We will be we will definitely go. Will we not? Okay. So, question of the day: You can each take a stab. I'm sure you heard this already. <laughs> we're here at Mike's Beer Bar, and and it's you guys weren't here when I was saying this. I keep looking over. Like it's Mike's Beer Bar. I'm not going to forget that that's yeah. the name of it, but I look up every time. That being said. What is your go-to drink and what is your go-to salutation when you're celebrating something? And eat, and listen, it doesn't have to be alcohol because I'm not sure who's 21, to be honest with you. But, okay, let's, let's just go there. I hate that as many people when they hire us to play at a bar. When you said senior year of college, and I was like high school, and you were like college, and I was like, what? Same. Go ahead. All right, so my favorite drink is an Icy Light. Okay. I love Icy All Light. All right. And I got to go with just cheers. Cheers. Yep. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. everyone's seeming yep. to say. Go ahead. Well, coming from a strong Italian heritage. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> we love, oh, I love red wine. Okay. And, of course, we say salute. Okay. You know, you can't. Finally, can't go we got it. that. <laughs> she was like, I better say that or this chick's going to go mad. Jake. Uh, I like chocolate milk. It's my favorite drink. <laughs> Maybe you could tell who's not 21 in the band. I can tell. I mean, yeah. That was a good answer. And, and uh, do you say what? Cheers? Like. For, for when? Like, so let's, like, graduate. Like, my son is going to Penn State. So when we're all together, we're like, cheers, salute, cilantro. What would you say? Uh, I think our family says cheers. Okay. There you go. Like we do that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and you salute, right? You put your glasses yeah, in. Yeah, we do. All right. With your choco milk. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I have to add this one last thing before, before we get off because, you know, I know I'll hear it from him if I don't bring it up. Do it. So my father 
was the one who helped me create the name Steel Mill Rising. We were at Kennywood, okay. all right? So we were okay. at Kennywood, of all Pittsburgh places to be, and we're walking uh, to the Phantom. Okay. I remember we looked out, and there was like a steel mill out there, and he kind of recommended, you know, what about steel mill rising? The Just rising from that part, moment. Yeah, because we're huge Bruce Springsteen fans. Okay. And he has a song called The Rising, and he I does. think we heard it on the way to the park and we were just thinking so I got to give him credit as well because I know I'll hear Dude, about it if I don't whenever, give him some credit. I hope my kids are listening and they know it's important to give your moms <laughs> and dads credit. So awesome. I, I don't even want to say goodbye. This was like one of those podcasts it's like right. God one thing after another. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You're going to be able to hear these guys. They are performing tonight. We're going to put you know the info and show notes as far as where to follow them. Find them. John did I so do an okay job? So we have to thank everybody. Kim Chesney talking about your intuition. Mike. And Josh Axelrod from right. the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He has a lot of different columns that he's writing, a lot of different things. He's a, such a good dude. And he covered us for our virtual parade. And thanks to Leslie. Bo- I mean, listen. We're all getting skinny. We We're are all getting skinny. skinny. We're not bars. eating the pop. We're not right. eating the whole bag of popcorn anymore. Right, ever. right, right. Thanks and it's to thanks. Fusion Entertainment yeah. for these guys. Steel yeah. Mill Rising. They are on the rise. Love hearing them and can't wait to hear more. And, of course, thanks to Rorik Honda, our podcast sponsor. There's no better time now to trade your car. You've been hearing us say that all for the last month. The trade-in is good for amazing new vehicles as well as certified and used cars. And no matter the car deal, you still get the Rorik advantage. And the other advantage is that Rorik is that they have the parking lot of fun at Johnny Angel's Genji Stuff and Bicycle Heaven outside with entertainment and comedians. Check your jagup.com for more details as well as Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. I've been running around my head with the innocence I dying for a glimpse at something new She was just a young girl when I first met her Full of dreams only I could see Many years now I've been on my own Searching for that new beginning She used to laugh and say you're just a dreamer I'd rather be a dreamer than myself Give me something to believe in Give me a reason to come around We've been running around the same old town for years now Take my hand, I'll lead you out again Standing here across
cross from me. So many things I'm just dying to tell you, but I can't find the words to say. Give me something to believe in. I'll 